The Jigyasu is the curious one who inquires deeper. The Jigyasu is the one who stops and questions life. Is this all there is? Is this qualifications and uh, identifications or is there more? So sadhana is for the Jigyasu, the one who questions. So if you want deeper truth and knowledge about what this whole human being waking state experience means, then you really have to dig it. And that's what the sadhana is. Welcome to A Curious Yogi Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby, here to illuminate your practice as we discover what it means to walk the yogi's path. Together with wise friends and awakening teachers, we uncover the answers to our greatest questions. I'm so delighted you're here. Now let's get curious. Welcome back. First solo episode of season two and it's a topic I am such a keener about because Swamiji impressed the importance of sadhana again and again and again. Swamiji is my teacher in the northern india in the ashram where i stay and um, i'm really excited to just dig into what sadhana is to me and what sadhana is in the lens of advait vedant which is non-dualism but before i dig into what sadhana is and how it shifts the quality of your life in the most transformational way i want to let you know there's still a few spots left for my september sadhana retreat in southern nicaragua We'll spend seven days, six nights exploring and observing sadhana in a concentrated and idyllic setting where the jungle meets the beach. It's pretty epic. It's truly a way to step wholeheartedly into your sadhana, into your daily practice. So if you're interested in joining us, it's a really magical group. You can visit uh, bobbypadel.com slash retreat. Okay, so you know about yoga, literally everybody knows about it, and you might have been hearing about sadhana. Your spiritual curiosity has led you deeper into the desire for truth, for freedom, for liberation in this lifetime, or maybe just a little more ease in your daily life. But let's get right into it. What is sadhana? How do we do it? I said do it with air quotes. And how it has a profound effect on our quality of life. So in India, the basic kind of broad definition of sadhana is disciplined and dedicated practice, which it definitely is, but it's also so much more deep and subtle all at the same time. When I first started coming to the ashram I stand and hearing Swamiji's teaching over nine years ago now, I heard so much about sadhana, sadhana, sadhana. And I haven't stopped hearing about how important it is for the Jigyasu. The Jigyasu is the curious one who inquires deeper. The Jigyasu is the one who stops and questions life. Is this all there is? Is this qualifications and uh, identifications or is there more? So sadhana is for the Jigyasu, the one who questions. So if you want deeper truth and knowledge about what this whole human being waking state experience means, then you really have to dig it. And that's what the sadhana is. When you're on this path, on this spiritual path, the sadhana is a kind of road to walk. Although you're not really going anywhere. It's kind of like this wax on, wax off, perfect riddle. So rather than walking this road, you're simply directing the awareness of life in a way which reveals 
the divinity, the goal, if we can say that the divinity is the goal, that is already there waiting for you. So the sadhana reveals that divinity that was always there before you came. It will be there when you go and it's there all along. It's that divine source. So the sadhak, which is the one who practices sadhana, experiences everything as close to you because you're close to God, to your source, to that divinity. And when you're close with that source, when you are aware of the source of who you are, every single moment of the incarnation of life and creation and nature becomes a kind of a a laboratory of, of observation. The sadhana is not the only road. The knowledge is also a road. The bhakti or devotion is also a road. The karma or action is also a kind of road. But the purpose is to understand who is the one on the road. Ask yourself, who is practicing? Is it you as a man or a woman with a name you picked up and took as true? Is it you as the yoga teacher or nurse or engineer that's practicing? Or is it actually the you who has always been there before there was the identification of man or woman or teacher or engineer? It's that ever-present sense of I am, no matter your age, your location or association. The sadhana uncovers that sense of I am that was there when you were five years old, when you were 25 years old, and when you're 85 years old. The whole incarnation, the whole life is is fluctuating, is changing. You're, you're be dropping identifications. You're picking up identifications. But the sense of I am is always there. So the sadhana gets us closer to that truth of I am. The sadhana is the practice each day of checking where your awareness is focused if you believe in practice to be only the physical, mental, and emotional person with your identifications, qualifications, and future-driven motives, I'm here and I have to get there, you will be like that donkey with the carrot on the end of his nose, continually chasing a sense of satisfaction and a sense of contentedness derived from the external when we know when we tune into that ever-present sense of I am, that that source is actually the only place where true peace, where true contentment, santosh, lies. And we can go even deeper into the meaning of sadhana for my life as the sadhak, as the seeker, as the curious one. And it goes a little bit deeper into Advait Vedant, non-dualism, that everything is one. There is no separateness. There is no sadhana and sadak. There's just oneness, sat, truth. So you, and this is kind of crazy. So you become nothing when you do sadhana. And at the same time, everything. So basically, your your effort, in your efforts, your ego, personality, identification becomes so in insignificant. The, a sense of viragya develops, a sense of dispassion to the point of nothing. And you realize that in that becoming of nothing from the, from the lens of the ego and the intellect, you realize you're already everything. You're not some small little me that the sun might shine on if you're lucky for a sunny day. You're actually the power 
that shines the sun and the rays which shine on everything without preference. They simply illuminate the whole life. You are that power. In the sadhana, we get to realize that we have always been that power. We will always be that power. It's all one manifestation. It's all one God happening. And in this becoming nothing, it does not mean that one negates the human being or doesn't give respect and dignity to the human being. No, it's the opposite. When we can recognize and treasure the human form as divinely offered for the purpose of self-realization, then we take complete care and responsibility to be healthy, supported, and contributing in a way that expresses oneness and love and inclusivity because we know it's all our own creation. If I am tuned into my ever-present sense of I, if I'm tuned into that source divine energy, then I know that everything that has come out of that is my own self, is my own creation, is my own happening my me not being the individual, rather the the me of the whole. We practice each and every person and relationship, situation and circumstance as our own self and naturally we flow towards a more loving and accepting and easy state of being. It doesn't have to be so hard. The sadhana is that pillar of strength and power that makes it so much softer and suppler and flowier. In your sadhana, you grow so much that your presence expands and becomes so big that the mind and its problems become absorbed in your greatness, in that expansiveness. In Advait Vedant, which is the non-dualism, you're seeing that it's not about doing sadhana to get somewhere, but recognizing that you're already that what you seek. And then comes inner contentment, the santosh and acceptance and flow when you're established in that heart of the source or the self or the paramatma, whatever language you use, you're in service, you're in flow with that greatness. So it sounds pretty amazing because it is like I can't even tell you since I really decided to commit to my daily sadhana how much life has transformed and expand and flowed in abundance regardless of the difficult times I've gone through because the sadhak also has the awareness that even the difficult situations or people or circumstances they're also coming from that source One time I heard Swamiji say, put all your troubles, put all your worries, put all your problems into a basket and give it to me. Me, he's meaning me being that universal energy, that truth of who we are. So we put that all in and we offer it up. And he said, and now give all the happiness, the attachments, the joy, the desires, everything we consider good. We also put that in the basket. In the sadhana, we begin to surrender everything over. We unite every happening with some greater power, even if our mind and our ego and our intellect cannot figure it out. So how do we do it? If we start with doing it, we've already missed the point. It's not about doing anything. It's about redirecting the mind, the ego, the intellect into the state of being. Everything is sadhana. 
Like in those difficult times, the true sadhak recognizes that sadhana isn't just happening in those beautifully curated early sunrise mornings where everything is perfect, although it's a great place to begin. But the sadhana flows outward into every moment of our lives where we can use each moment as an opportunity to check the awareness from where am I watching life unfold? Am I mixed and and stuck and spiraling and confusion and letting the pull of the world take me into the chaos and division? Or am I able to flow from my center point, my center point being the center of that bliss, truth, and existence, the Satchit Anand, which is the purpose of yoga, which is the purpose of sadhana. Just like that analogy of digging for a water well, I don't know where I've heard this, but I just think it's so brilliant. If you really are thirsty for water, you might dig in one spot frantically, you don't find water, so you dig in another spot and you're digging all these little holes everywhere and you're not finding any water maybe you do this if you don't if you haven't heard this analogy before but here we want to do our research we want to prepare ourselves so we make the necessary explorations to find what sparks you what really lights up your curiosity and inspiration and what you really wholeheartedly feel and in your bones and your being that's going to lead you to some liberation whether it's a teacher or a teaching or a technique or a practice something to dig your teeth into and you find that and then you dig that you dig for your well there we don't just dip our toes in 50 little pots we do we find one practice one one routine one ritual that one path and we really step on that path we really practice there and we dig the well there we dig for water there we quench our thirst from there we go all in for our freedom you go all in for your freedom when you practice sadhana no one can do it for you practicing selflessly means without ego but you still take right effort, right action, and you surrender the results up to the divine, up to your understanding of God. There has to be that willingness, just like Arjun put all his trust into Krishna and said, I'll take the right action, but I trust that you are unfolding my incarnation for me as it's meant to be unfolded. And something brilliant about that is we have a tendency when we read these scriptures like, the Bhagavad Gita where Arjun is the confused warrior like we all are in life and looking to his 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 wise friend his enlightened master Krishna and Krishna consciousness but Swamiji so brilliantly told us we read the Gita not as Arjun as the confused human but as Krishna we read the Gita as the realized being that we already are and Arjun's journey is just a guide. It's just a signpost to direct our awareness to that Krishna consciousness, which we are. So yes, practicing selflessly means without the ego, but we still take the right, right action while knowing that the magnitude of the whole universe is there behind you, inspiring your action. The magnitude of that whole Krishna consciousness is there that's springing you into action to, to wake up early, to do your sadhana, to practice, to meditate, to go to satsang, to be in good company, all those things. Who is the one powering those choices? 
Swamiji said so much about sadhana. He said sadhana is for removing your imperfections. That is the imperfection of the attention. Where is our attention fixated on? Is it on success and gain and loss and relationships and reputation? Or is it on constantly being shifted back to that oneness, back to that universal consciousness, back to that Satchit Anand? He also said, if you practice, you're perfect. And if you don't practice, you won't get it. And he, what he means here is that as long as you step up into your sadhana, however it shows up, you're doing it perfect. But you have to practice. If you don't make efforts, you won't find the results. You, the results won't be revealed. He said, try any means possible. And in trying any means possible, we also have to remember that we will never understand the purpose of sadhana on the level of the body and the mind. On the body and the mind level, it only has the capacity to take on more ideas, which can eventually bring more bondage. So the point is to get beyond any intellectual point. Sadhana is not something that you check off your list and finish. Tick, tick, tick. It carries on. It's constant in every situation. Like I said before, it's like that river that continually flows into the ocean of the self. Each day we keep checking, we keep reuniting with that flow that flows the awareness into the vast ocean of consciousness, the vast ocean of the self. That is where the sadhana is meant to be directed. So when we're thinking of the practical way to begin our sadhana, we can say that the asana, the meditation, the pranayam, the scriptures, the satsang, the guru, the teachings, the gyan, which is the knowledge, these are the guideposts on the road of sadhana. But we don't just read a guidepost or a signpost and look at it and go up the signpost. No, we have to continually move in the direction which the guideposts are pointing towards. So that's again where we have to do it for ourselves. We have to dig it for ourselves. Swamiji would also say, I give you the food, but you have to chew it and eat it and digest it for yourself. So all these pillars, these practices that we can utilize to purify those imperfections, to purify the mind, the ego, the intellect, the body, to make space so we really have the capacity to be with our own selves, to allow that spark of, of inspiration and self-realization to come from within. That is when the life really gets illuminated. And when your heart is in it, you're never going to get it wrong. Just practice something, show up, commit for something, because if you don't practice, you won't get it. And on a practical level, you can take inspiration from the scriptures or your teachers, but really it's whatever medium, whatever path brings your awareness to unite with the self, which is practicing to get you beyond your ego, your intellect, your mind and uncover who you were, who you are, before you became an identified separate being. The teacher, the scripture, the, the signposts, the inspiration, they're so perfect. They're so amazing. They're also so essential. But you don't go up the pole and say yourself realized. You look in the direction that the signpost is pointing and discover the truth for yourself. As the sadhana matures, the sadhak realizes 
there is nowhere to go. There is no road. There is no path. There is no sadak. There's only God as ever-present truth, existence, and bliss. Wow. So that's sadna in a very, very, very small nutshell. <laughs> I hope you've tapped into the space of what sadna is. And honestly, for me, it's been the most powerful, stabilizing anchor in a world that has no consistency and no reliability. One thing in my day, one thing in my life is for certain, and that is the space of sadna. And if you're ready to study sadna in a more focused setting, I totally invite you to join my upcoming virtual study group for living yoga and cultivating sadna, or better yet, even join the sadna retreat happening in September in Nicaragua. I hope that this has resonated with you, something's landed for you. Please let me know what you think and keep listening. I appreciate you for being here and I can't wait to share our next week's conversation. Amaram Ham Madaram Ham Om Tat Sat Hari Om Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please leave a review. It really helps the show reach more people. If you'd like to have your greatest spiritual questions answered on the show, send them to me through social or email. And don't forget to follow on your favorite streaming platforms. Let's stay curious, connected, and keep walking the path together. Music graciously offered by Heidi Herdaya Groschler. In oneness and delight, this is Bobby signing off until next time.